0: you have your Bibles, I'd appreciate it if you would turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 11 and verse 22. I'd like to talk to you about a mighty man of David that was in a list of his mighty men, Benaiah, Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada. So I want to talk about some of the exploits that he did in defeating the enemy. Brother and sister, Enzi, it's just been a privilege to be able to be with you and fellowship with you. These are excellent people that have tremendous Christian character. And it's just a joy to be with them in service and in fellowship. And brother and sister Anderson, it is such a joy to to see you again. The last time I saw him, he was the Kentucky District Secretary. And now he is over here at the Texas Bible College ministering. And I certainly do appreciate brother and sister Anderson very much. Another young couple with some tremendous character and a desire to do the will of God. And I know that Texas Bible College is blessed by their ministry. And it's just so good to be with all of these wonderful students and the rest of the faculty. I've just, it's just been a privilege to meet you. And I believe that God has helped us this weekend. And I believe if you'll apply the principles of the Word of God that has been preached, Directed to your hearts, I believe God is going to use that to bring you to a higher dimension and make you more effective for the cause of Jesus Christ. Do you want it? First Chronicles eleven twenty-two. Benaniah, the son of Jehoiada, the son of a valiant man of capzeal, who had done many acts. First of all, he slew two lion-like men of Moab. Also, he went down and slew a lion in a pit in a snowy day. And he slew an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits high. And in the Egyptian's hand was a spear like a weaver's beam. And he went down to him with a staff and he plucked the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and slew him with his own spear. Now you can take the weapon that the devil was going to use against you and turn it around and use it on the devil very thing that he designed and programmed to destroy you can be turned around and used to destroy his influence now i know you can't kill the devil and you can't send him to the bottomless pit he's going to be around till jesus comes jesus is the only one that can do that and it's not time for that yet so as long as you're alive and jesus hasn't come back you're still going to have a devil to mess with but you can defeat his influence and you can't stop him from destroying your soul And you can take people that would be destroyed in hell and get them filled with the Holy Ghost and snatch them right out of the flames of hell. You can do that. And that's exactly what we want to learn how to do in this service, but we've got to learn how to slay a lion in a pit on a snowy day. And that's what I want to preach about here tonight. When you learn how to slay a lion in a pit on a snowy day, you're going to learn how to take the weapon of the devil And turn it around and use it against him do you want to learn how to do that from the word of God here tonight well let's lift our hands and thank God for his word there's power in the name of Jesus power in the name of Jesus to overcome the power of the enemy yes he does want to defeat and destroy God's people his influence wants to bog people down and bring them into bondage and captivity But we come against his influence and defeat it in the name of Jesus. We bind the effect of his words and thoughts and images and imaginations. We bind the effect of those now in the name of Jesus. We shall rise up with a new mind and a new heart and a new spirit to go forth and accomplish the mighty works of the mighty God in Christ. In Jesus' name. Right now, I believe everybody ought to clap their hands and just celebrate in the victory that we have won this weekend, Accent Weekend 95. In Jesus' name, I worship you, Lord. I glorify your name. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Before Elijah could call fire down out of heaven and consume the water-soaked sacrifice on Mount Carmel. He had to reconstruct the altar and repair it. The only way he could do that is he had to bring all 12 stones together. And even though Israel and Judah had been divided between the northern and southern kingdoms, symbolically in this altar he had to bring them together in unity before fire could fall out of heaven and you can only unify people at an altar. You can't unify them anywhere else but at the cross of Jesus Christ weeping and repenting and asking God to take control because we can't handle it by ourselves. I want you to know that God will never move in demonstration of power until we are able to repair the altar and bring unity in the church. We've got to be of one mind and one accord if God is going to accomplish his work. You are not going to bring a demonstration of power by a spirit of division. You cannot do that with a spirit of anger and complaining and murmuring. If you're going to bring the power and the fire into the church service, everybody's got to get together in one mind and one accord and let's flow in the spirit together. And I believe that God wants to repair some altars in our lives that will bring us into a spirit of unity so the fire can fall out of heaven. But before that fire's ever going to fall, we're going to have to take water and we're going to have to pour it on the sacrifice and put out all a man's fire because God doesn't want our charisma. God doesn't want our fire starting the fire. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost to start this fire. You can use your own energy and your own ability to cause a few sparks here and there, but that's not gonna go very far because the Bible says you'll lay down in sorrow if you walk by the light of your own fire. But if you'll put the water on it and douse your fire, that will make room for God's fire to fall in this place right now. Because I don't want my fire. I want the Holy Ghost fire to come in this place. I'll tell you what Texas Bible College needs. It needs a good old baptism of Holy Ghost fire. Put out your own fire and get the Holy Ghost fire and God will demonstrate his power. You've got to reconstruct the altar by coming into unity and getting the right spirit. I want you to understand that when Elijah called fire down out of heaven, he did it on the mountaintop. And anybody can get excited when they're on the mountain peak. When they're emotionally high and everything's going your way, it's real easy to clap your hands and get a move of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to know the God that can pour out fire on the mountain can also defeat giants in the valley. The valley of Elah is where David met his nemesis, Goliath, but defeated him anyway because he came against that giant in the name of the Lord. It looks to me like that my God is consistent regardless of whether you're on a mountain or whether you're in the valley. The power of God remains consistent and the same. I serve a consistent God. Now what we've got to do is we've got to get out of our mind. Our emotional condition does not dictate the power of God. God is just the same regardless of whether you're high or whether you're low. Don't ever walk into the pulpit, young men, thinking that just because you're tired and down emotionally, God can't move. God doesn't need you up emotionally to move. God needs somebody that's got faith in Jesus and the Word of God. I may be down. There may be trouble. There may be crisis. But, friend, I want you to know the crisis doesn't dictate to God how he operates. God can move in spite of crises. God can move in spite of trouble. One thing you've got to understand is that God can move even though there's somebody in the house that don't want it to happen got to get convinced of this one true fact that your God is consistent enough and faithful enough to his word that even if somebody don't want revival, you can still have revival. (laughs) A spirit of unity can come into the place even though there's those that are on the outside of the perimeter of that spiritual condition that don't want to come into contact with the glory of God, you can still go ahead and have a move of the Holy Ghost anyway. Now, that will calm some of your insecurities and fears down, especially when you face people that are divided. If you can get one person to agree with you in that whole congregation, watch out, you can see fire fall out of heaven. All you got to do is stand up there and say, God, I may not feel it right now, but I'm going to praise you whether I feel it or not. I may not feel just right, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that I've got a God who is faithful to give us victory in the valley as well as on the mountaintop. God is consistent. We're the ones that are inconsistent, but you've got a God that's going to fight it for you and be on your side, whether you're up, whether you're down. But you see, I've got a man here that's not in the valley, nor is he on the mountain peak, but he's in a pit. Now, I want you to understand that pits are even lower than the valley. That means when you're in a pit, you got to look up to see the valley. That's how far down this man was. Now, this wasn't just any kind of pit. He had a line in the pit. Wasn't any kind of pit. He had a roaring line. Now, that's a rough pit. And not only that, it was snowing. He was at his lowest, and he was at his coldest, and he still won. Hallelujah. God's so consistent, you can be at your lowest and at your coldest, and the victory can still be won, and the lion can still be defeated. God doesn't change just because it's snowing. Atmospheric conditions don't dictate to God how he's going to move through a man that's anointed of the Holy Ghost. Got a lot of people that look out over the congregation and they see that because there was a flood or some atmospheric condition that caused not, not a whole lot of people to come to church, Friend, you might have only 20 people sitting out there, but it's time to have church. You need to give it everything you've got. I don't care if there's five or five hundred. I want you to get up there anointed of the Holy Ghost, ready to do what God wants you to do. Because I promise you that atmospheric conditions don't dictate to God what he's going to do, but your faith in him does. And when you've got the tenacity to go forth and say, I don't care what the enemy says or what the climate says, I'm going to step out there and create my own atmosphere. Oh, yes, you can create your own atmosphere by getting a tenacious spirit that says, I want to see God move uh, to the glory of his name. And when you get that kind of desire in you, there's no devil in hell that can stop the demonstration of God's power. The fire is going to fall. Hallelujah. Just want you to know that God's on your side. God wants you to win because when you win, his purpose is going to win. And he wants to win through you. And he wants to win and his purpose desires to make you a winner so that you can go up against any enemy anywhere and have the confidence that God's going to fight your battle. And there are times when you feel tired, and there's times when you don't feel like doing it, and you don't feel like preaching, and there's even times when I don't feel like preaching. There are times that I've got to make a choice, that when the man turns the pulpit to me, either I sit up there and stare at everybody, and they stare back at me, or I grab a hold of this thing and see what can happen. I just want you to understand that tonight is not one of those nights I feel like preaching. But there are times when I just don't feel like it and emotionally I'm down. But I go ahead and step up there and grab a hold of it anyway and say, Listen, Lion, I've come into this pit on a snowy day to go ahead and lift up Jesus and glorify his name anyway. need to get rid of this apathetic, complacent attitude that says, well, I've got to feel up and God only can move and I'm this and I'm that. That's not true. God can move any time he gets ready. All he needs is a willing, a cooperating vessel. What he needs is your cooperation, not your high emotional fit. We're developing a religion that if you feel good and everything's going good, then God's good. But that's not necessarily the case. God's good even when you're in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. We're developing a high emotional deal where we got to get our fix every time we come to church. I don't want to get my fix. I want to do the will of God. I want to see God operate with power to deliver men out of their sins. Hallelujah. Now, Ben and I was a mighty man, but the Bible says specifically he didn't attain unto the special three. There was, a, there was a difference in the way that David classified his mighty men. And, and Ben and I, he was a great man, and he had great accomplishments, but I want you to understand that he, had, he did not attain to the three. He was not in the classification of the, the first class mighty men. No, he was great. But he was in the second class. Well, I want you to know we got a second-class mighty man in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, and he still wins. <laughs> you know, we got too many, too many of us running around feeling bad about ourselves because somebody's called us a cult. Somebody said we're under bondage. So we got a bad feeling about ourselves, and we're looking down on ourselves, making ourselves feel like we're second-class citizens. Well, I want you to know that we might be second-class mighty men. I don't know just how you want to classify me. I might be uh, the second-class mighty man, but I want you to know that even though I may have a line in a pit on a snowy day, I'm still going to whip it. You know what we need to do? We need to quit looking down on ourselves and start looking to Jesus. get your eyes off of yourself your eyes off of what you are or what you're not. Quit trying to analyze it and say, well, I don't have enough. I've calculated it all up. Put up your calculator and your measuring stick. You'll never have enough in yourself. You've got to learn how to measure your God against the problem and not yourself. Because you don't have enough by yourself. But when God comes alongside you, friend, I promise you, he's immeasurable. He's incalculable. You can't calculate all the resources that he can make available to you. All you got to do is step out there and say, I'm going to take a hold of this lion. Now listen to this. We all have pits in life. Some of us have faults in our personality. Some of us were raised in homes that abused us and caused us many problems. Some of you are having to face those problems now and try to overcome the pain of your past. But regardless of what kind of background you come from or what kind of pit there may be in your life, It might be a a mother or a father or somebody that's hurt you. Somewhere you've got a pit. It might be the job you're working right now. It might be the decision that you're having to make. And you know that if you make the wrong decision, there could be a lion that pounces on you and devours you. There is a destructive factor in this pit that we do have to handle but i want to give you good news before i give you the bad news the good news is that you can defeat the destructiveness of this pit to where it does not devour you but the bad news is this friend everybody's got some kind of pit somewhere they're going to have to learn to live with regardless Some situations and some people God's not going to get rid of unless you shoot them. They're there and they're aggravating and there's nothing you can do about them. You just got to learn to love them and live with them anyhow. I know you did not want to hear that. But there are some people that I just wish God would give me the chance to shoot them in the leg. God, I won't kill them, but I'll just shoot them in the leg. There's some people, I don't care where you pastor, I don't care how much. You might have 50 people getting the Holy Ghost a week, but you're going to have somebody in that church that's going to aggravate the ever-loving out of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's just the way it is. They're grace builders, and you've got to learn to defeat the destructiveness of it. Mm, there's going to be some sister in that church that's going to deal your misery. It don't make any difference how you dress. It's going to be wrong. Don't make any difference how you look. You combed your hair the wrong way. It's too long, it's too short, too something this, too something that. But I want you to know that you've got to learn that my God can give you power to defeat the destructiveness of that pit. Don't be intimidated because you got a line in a pit on a snowy day. You need to rise up with faith in Jesus Christ that God has filled you with the Holy Ghost. You are a son of God. You're a child of the King, and you got a right to overcome and defeat the destructiveness of the pitch. You know how you do that? You got to change the effect those people have on you. You got to change the way it affects you on the inside. You got to change your reaction to it cuz you can't change what they're going to do and what they're going to say, but you can change the way you're affected by it on, let's get some joy working. You want to really aggravate them, go ahead and shout regardless of what they do. And that really that, that really aggravates <laughs> Hallelujah. But you're not trying to aggravate them now, even though I have to admit a couple of times I would want to do that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. I might as well add this while I'm at it. Don't change your message to try to hit anybody that walks in at the last minute. God gives you a message, you preach it, and you feed those saints that love Jesus and that are doing right. Because that one person that's doing wrong can aggravate you so much that you can't even see the good of the other saints. I know it's going to get a little quiet on that one. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about it anyway because this is good stuff. You need to remember this sometime. Maybe you're not just there yet to where you can apply it, but one someday you're going to be there. And you're going to be tempted to change your message to hit at somebody. There's only one target we've all got, and that's the devil. And if you defeat the devil, I promise you, my God can neutralize the influence of any evil anywhere coming from anybody in the congregation. Come on, it's time to slay the lion in the pit on a snowy day, and let's go on and do the will of God and find out you can have revival You can have a move of God even though there's 15 people out there that don't like it. Brother, I'm going to tell you, God's not going to stop this church just because there's a few aggravating mules around. My God's got a purpose, uh, and my God's got an anointing uh, that you can use to break every yoke uh, that hinders you uh, and holds you back. Hallelujah. Praise God. You got to slay these two lion-like men of Moab first before you can get to this pit. Of course, you know, scripturally speaking, that Moab's a type of those that are settled on their leaves and complacent and they're satisfied. And there's two problems with the spirit of satisfaction that gets a hold of people. They want to memorialize their past and they want to stay in the past. And they're always reaching back trying to get something they used to have. And, of course, it also causes people to close the door to the future and miss opportunities that they could have had if they were not satisfied. So we've got to defeat that spirit right now because there's not enough churches. There's not enough people in churches. We don't have enough missionaries now. I know some people think we've got too many missionaries, and I think we don't have enough. I think we need to triple the amount of missionaries we have right now. Matter of fact, I think we ought to quadruple the number of churches we got in the United States. I think every local church ought to double in size with people that are filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, looking right, living right, walking right, talking right. And we need young men and young ladies that got a burden for lost souls that want to see people born again of water and a spirit that don't mind teaching Bible studies helping pastors doing whatever your ministry is that God's given you. Accept who you are and what you are and go after it with enthusiasm and desire. And even though you're at your lowest and your coldest and you might be a second-class mighty man, God can still use you to do a mighty work for his name's sake. got to beat that complacent spirit you got to learn how to stoke the fire you got to learn how to renew and restore your spiritual passion even when you are weary and tired with the battle and the way you do that is you got to keep your motive right you got to learn to create your own motivation ben and i was not forced he did not slip into this pit he was not forced into this pit The Bible says he went down into the pit. He made a choice, and he wanted to do it. Mm, You got to learn to make some choices in your life, even though you got to grab a hold of your flesh and turn it completely around and say, you are going to pray whether you like it or not. Mm, Come up here, flesh. You've been the devil, you've been doubting, now you're the flesh. There's only one way to handle the flesh, uh, and that's grab a hold of it and say, you are going to pray. You got to create your own motivation. You got to find a way to motivate yourself, kick yourself. Come on, kick yourself, saying, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to do it whether I feel like it or not. Quit making preachers and other people be your motivation for you. Kick your own self. Say, bless God, uh, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to see God work. Uh, I'm going to see God move. (laughs) Motivate yourself. Stoke that fire. Restore that passion and say, I've got to see souls born again. You got to get a purpose higher than yourself. You just can't do it for yourself. You got to do it for somebody else. He wasn't there defeating that lion for himself. That lion was no threat to him, but somebody was being threatened by it. And he rose up to say, I'm going to fight the battle for you and deliver you out of the paw of the lion. But you got to make a choice, and you got to want to do it can't just be you got to be forced to do it if I have to force you to do it then it's not good enough you got to want to do it you got to want to study that word you got to want to pray you got to get a hold of that flesh and kick your own self out of that complacency so you can get down there in that pit and say now it might be snowing and it might be cold and I might be at my lowest but bless God I'm gonna give it everything I've got and then God will take up the slack where I leave off. And what you cannot do, I promise you, my God is big enough to do what you can't do. Mm, that means that while the preacher is preaching, you got to come to attention. Wake your own self up. If you've got to slap your own self in the face, slap yourself in the face right now. Praise God. Wake up, wake up, wake up. That's it. Get on the edge of that seat. Show some interest. Don't just be passive and sitting around. I want you to know Ben and I was aggressive. Uh, he said somebody's hurting because this lion's terrorizing them and stealing the lambs from their flock. I'm fixing to go down there and show him a thing or two. Well, it's low and it's cold. I don't care. I've got the power of God. You're not one of the three now. You're not that first class mighty man. I don't care. I'm going down there in the house. Don't tell me the odds. Say, well, they hadn't had people get the Holy Ghost for the past five years uh, until you showed up. Uh, You can make the difference, uh, and you can turn it around. But I don't like somebody in the church. Don't care. You need to motivate yourself to get above that and get a purpose that's higher than yourself. You're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it to the glory of God so somebody else can be saved somebody else can taste and see that the lord is good hallelujah you got to learn to position yourself to meet the needs of hurting people and defeat the lion you got to learn to do whatever it takes to defeat this lion you got to want to do it you got to want to help others i want you to know that the battle was not for himself it was for others and he faced this lion by choice, uh, and he became aggressive. Uh, I want you to know that you can become a force and an influence for good in the lives of others uh, if you will place the interest of God above your own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I've been an evangelist for 14 years and I say this quite a bit when I'm in church and I've been an evangelist in, for 14 years, full time and of course I preached revivals before I started full time I preached my first revival when I was 15 years old and I think we had about 15 people get the Holy Ghost in that first revival and it was in a black church in Lake Charles mm, and brother, they had, they had a a amen corner that filled the whole building. Oh, everything in the house had an amen in it. And what I like about it is they would sing their praise. And that's the reason why sometimes when well, I get to preaching, I can't help it, but I got to sing a little bit. Because when they would get to answering me while I was preaching to them like you're doing, they would say, mm, yeah, that's it, preach it. And, and they would sing their amen and their yes. And th- they would say yes. They didn't just say amen, praise the Lord. Amen. They put some life in it. Yes. And we got to to singing while I preached. And, brother, we had some time. And I learned how to preach an hour in those churches because, brother, you get to singing it out. And it just takes a little longer time to say it when you sing it out but I want you to know that what we need to get a hold of in the Pentecostal churches in this hour is a spiritual agreement and yes. Some of you say a no to everything. No, 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 no. You need to learn how to say yes, 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 yes. Don't don't give me this negative look, too cool for school, and nobody can tell you nothing look. Come on, give me that teachable, hungry, yeah. Yeah. I want a hunger to burn in you because we're not doing this for ourselves. And I say this a lot in churches. I tell them, I say, I'm not praising God to get my own blessing here tonight. You want to know why I'm jumping around and why I'm lifting my hands and praising God? I already got my blessing in the prayer room. I'm doing it so somebody else can get their blessing. And I'll look at those sinners out there. I'm not doing this for me. I've already got the salvation of Jesus Christ. I'm doing this for you. I want you to be saved. And when you learn to get an other's mentality, you're not doing it for yourself anymore. You're not just clapping your hands to get your own little old blessing. Just to feel your little old uh, holy doodads running all up and down your spine. That's not the reason why you're praising God, just so you can feel good and make the preacher feel like he's preaching a good message. Bless God, I'm preaching a good message whether you shout and praise God or not. Hallelujah. But there ought to be something that comes on you that says there's a sinner out there that's going to be lost and go to hell forever if I don't do everything within my power to reach him. You got to get a hunger that says I'm doing this so that somebody else can touch heaven. Somebody else can find God. Somebody else can be blessed. Come on, I'm not going to be satisfied with just a little touch from myself. I got to keep fighting until I defeat that destruction in the pit so others can be delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want you to know that my God's given you victory through the power of his name and you can wage a powerful war against the enemy. The Bible says that the devil's teeth was knocked out at Calvary, Psalms 58 and 6. This is where the psalmist specifically asked God, break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Punch them in the mouth, God. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Knock the devil's teeth out. I want you to know it's time for us to get a revelation that God may be rough on the devil, but he's not going to be rough on us because he loves us. Isaiah 42, 3, a bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ and what he can accomplish through you if you'll get a revelation of it and stand in the truth of it. Luke 4:18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are proofs. God doesn't need victory over the devil. He's already whooped him, but he needs to realize that victory in your personal existence and testimony. Amen. Romans 16:20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Don't tell me we can't whip the devil when we've got the power of the Holy Ghost. Don't tell me that your victory is dependent on how you feel. Brother, your victory's not dependent on how you feel. It's dependent on the greatness and the power of your God. Now, you just get ready. If you're going to bruise the head of the serpent, you might as well get ready. That serpent's going to bite your heel. And you're going to have some heel biters running around that's going to try to make your life miserable. But you just go on and keep on stomping. Just keep on shouting. Just keep on rejoicing in the Lord. Yes, they're going to bite at your heel, but sooner or later you're going to crush its head. It might be quick enough to dart the first few times and get out from underneath your feet, but my God's going to make sure. He's going to position his foot on the tail of that serpent and say, you're not moving another inch until my servant can knock your head off. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm telling you that my God will provide that strength for you if you will believe me. Believe in it. Believe in it. Hallelujah. Benaniah was a man from zeal, which means in the Hebrew, God will gather. That means if you don't have the materials and the ingredients necessary to get the victory won, God will take the responsibility to gather those things for you. He was also the son of Jehoiada, which means God knows who you are. Now, you remember, I don't care where you're at, God knows exactly where you are. Mm, He knows what you can do, and he knows what you can't do. He knows the talents he's given to you, and he knows the talents he hasn't given to you. And you can't operate outside of the talents that God's given you. Don't try because you're going to get frustrated and messed up in your mind. You've got to find out what you can do and what God's given you the ability to do and function in that and rejoice in the accomplishment of it. Whatever God tells you to do and gives you to do and whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. If that's cleaning up, I used to cut grass around the church when I was a teenager preaching all these revivals. It was my responsibility to cut the grass around the church. And if it's cutting grass or cleaning toilets or doing whatever you got to do, whatever God gives you to do, you do that and do it with enthusiasm and the joy of the Lord and say, God, I want you to use everything that I do for your glory and for your name's sake. God knows who you are and where you're at and what you can do and what you can't do. And he's going to come alongside you and help you do what you can't do. So don't worry about that. God will give and gather anything that you need to accomplish the task. Amen. And the name, of course, Ben and I means that God builds people. God will build. I want you to understand that except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain, that build it. But God will give you the power through his spirit to build what you can't build on your own. God can build you, and God will build the work. It is not my responsibility to build it. It is God's responsibility to build it. It is my job to let God position me and turn me and put me where I can be of best use. And so that I can be used in my particular talent and what he's given me to do as an evangelist. I'm going to evangelize. When I step to the pulpit, I got one thing on my mind. I'm going to reach every sinner in that house, and I'm going to walk, I want them walking down this aisle. And friend, it aggravates me to no end when I've got sinners in the house and I can't get them to the altar. It may not aggravate you the same way because you may not be the evangelist that God wants me to be. He may want you to be a pastor or something else. He may want you to be a teacher. It may not be the same for you, but it is for me. When I get up in that pulpit, I'm going. I'm leaving the 99. Sorry. You crying, you can cry on. I'm going for the sinner. That's just the way it is because that's what God's given me to do. I want to see souls born again into the kingdom of God. Guess what? Even at my best, I can't pray people through to the Holy Ghost. I can lay hands on them, shake them, do anything I want to do. But if I want the real thing, I still got to have God do it. (laughs) Amen. I can't jabber in their ear and try to get them to say what I'm saying. That's not good enough. They got to get the real stuff. They got to repent first of their sins. And when I lay hands on them in the name of Jesus, uh, I want the real Holy Ghost uh, and authentic speaking with other tongues to come upon them spontaneously, given to them by the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. And friend, I want you to know you can slay that line and you can see it work. Uh, If you're an evangelist, you can see people pray through to the Holy Ghost. You can, pastor, if God's given you that to do. You can do it. Uh, You can be what God wants you to be. You can teach Bible studies and be a soul winner. Yes, you can. Well, I'm not good enough. You may not be good enough, but God can build you. God can gather. God can do the work. Hallelujah. Now, I challenge you right now in the Holy Ghost to get a hold of a new spirit of enthusiasm for the work of the Lord. That's it. Get ready for God to do anything. He's ready to pour out his spirit in this service in a a dimension of power like you've never seen before to empower you and enable you to go forth and do his work right now. That's it. Just say, I'm ready, I'm ready. Whatever you want, God say but oh brother Kenzie I just don't feel like that don't worry about that don't you don't have to feel like that you just need to say God I want make a choice make up in your mind I'm going to do it I want to receive it right now I want what God's got for me make it up in your mind and choose it right now in Jesus name and say I choose to be a Christian I choose to do what my God wants me to do whatever God gives me to do I want to do it and I want to show him that I have a hunger and a desire for him to do this in my life I want you God to show me right now your power and your might. empower me God enable me I don't want to just get the Holy Ghost so I can be saved but I want to get the Holy Ghost so I can be empowered to accomplish your purpose. I want to understand, Lord, that your Holy Ghost is given to me so it can use me to do your work. There is power in the Holy Ghost to give you strength to do what you cannot do by yourself hallelujah i love you jesus you can do it yes you can do it yes you can be used of god you might be low you might be cold but god is still consistent I have a line that's trying to devour you right now. Something in your life that's trying to reach out and defeat you. I come against it right now in the name of Jesus. And I challenge you to accept the calling that God has put in your life. Challenge you to prepare yourself and train yourself through the wonderful instruction of the teachers of Texas Bible College. Become instructed so that God can use you. Let Him teach you, let Him train you, and when you're sent out, let the Holy Ghost use what you've been trained to do to accomplish His work. I want you to stand to your feet if you're hungry, if you want to be a soul winner. You're not doing it for yourself, you're doing it to the glory of God. You're learning now that you can create your own atmosphere. Yes, you can take the weapon of the enemy out of the hand of the devil. The very thing that would destroy you can be turned around and be used to bring glory and honor to the Lord. Right now, my God can take the weapon that's formed against you and turn it around use it against the enemy because you're learning how to respond to crises you're learning that it's not dependent on your feelings but it's dependent on faith in the word of god you need to know that there's power in the word to change people's lives there's power in the word to bring new life and hope in the minds of people and god can turn you around right now and give you exactly what you need to overcome All you got to do is say, Lord, whatever's coming against me now, I want to turn it around. And I want to use it against the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to show you how this works. And it's very simple. I mentioned it to you my very first words that I spoke to you Saturday night and this is it this is how you turn it all around this is how you find out how to do this this is exactly what you do you got to learn how to respond to the devil's attacks when he comes against you you can't sour up and sullen up if you do you will never win the victory if your disposition is so positioned that when the devil attacks every time he attacks you always sullen up. You will never win the victory. You have got to learn how to rejoice in the face of the devil's attack. you got to learn to enjoy the challenge rather than shrivel up on the inside. Don't shrivel up on the inside. And I know we all have a tendency to do that, but let God come alongside you and build you up. So when the devil comes and tries to hit hallelujah, when he comes and tries to, oh, glory, isn't it wonderful to be a part of God's church? When the devil tries to hit you, thank you, Jesus, I'm so glad to be a Christian. Brother, he can't stop that kind of response. He don't know what to do with the I. That knows who they are in Christ Jesus. Brother, I want you to know right now that if my God ever puts that kind of spiritual response in you, there's nothing that can stop you. There's no trial. There's no difficulty. There's no task too great. you got to learn to respond with rejoicing to every attack of the enemy. I'm going through, I'm going
1: through, I don't care what the rest of the world is time to do, for oh, me oh, up my mind, you know, I ain't going
0: to when Jesus said,
1: I'm going
0: Get a hold through. of yourself right now. I'm going through. Let the Holy Ghost be inside I'm going of you. Through. Grow strong.
1: Strengthen in that inner man.
0: Make that true. inner man stronger by the knowledge of what my God will do in your life. The knowledge of Jesus Christ will strengthen the inner man.
1: I'm with
0: knowing how Jesus loves you. Knowing how Jesus will use you. Knowing through. Jesus will strengthen the inner man. You need the inner man to
1: be strong. I what the rest of the world is to, do. For i made up my mind. never the words so I made up my mind. And I'm never I'm walking with Jesus hey.